Welcome to the Stats Check Podcast with your hosts, Andrew and Joe. Follow us on Facebook at Stats Check Podcast and Twitter at Stats Check Cast. Now to this week's topic, friendship. <laughs> Joe and I were kind of rambling the other day, just, just generally, and you know, we ended up spending, what, Joe, maybe like 30, 45 minutes talking about friendship, and then you know, we said, hold on, we got to put a pin in this, and we got to do this for the cast. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's not the first time it's come up. It won't be the last time it's come up. But it's been a little while since we've spent some time digging into this. And I want to start from the very beginning saying that this is, and the reason why it's come up again and again for us, I'm going to say, because it's the most valuable and important type of human relationship in terms of enriching one's own life and having the best kind of experiences, you know, the most important. That, that's, that's a bold statement. I don't know. I mean, cause you know, you're up against their romantic attachment, which, you know, can also include friendship and against child rearing, which, you know, there's all sorts of chemical psychological bonds right. theirs, but, 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 you know, friendship, so friendship to fight that is, is pretty tough. Yeah, no, I know. And I, I'm going to, put myself in a particular place here by saying that, you know, I think ideologically it's the most important, it's more important than those because it's voluntary, because it's not, it is least contingent, accidental, and it's the one that I think over the long period of time can still be the most enriching. You know, the Mm. parent-child one, it changes its terms over time. You know, at the very beginning, the child's very dependent, and toward the end, they're either on more equal footing, which again, I think is more akin to friendship than it is a, a familial dependent progenitor successor relationship in most cases. Right, right. But I, I just want to say, like, you know, and maybe this is even a separate cast because I, I've this has just come to my no, mind. I, we've just we just wandered off this. Yeah, that we immediately, really literally, did not even get ten minutes into this cast, and we've already wandered over. But yeah, no, I mean. Talking about, you know, friendship versus romantic love. I mean, obviously, in a romantic relationship, you know, you have all these other physical attraction, sexual attraction, psychological attraction, emotional connections, you know, and the ability to have a friendship relationship there. But I think what you're saying is, is that depending on how you view it, you know, once again, there's even still arranged marriages in this world, you know, there's, there's conditions to that. And what you're saying is a friendship you know, is purely, you don't know say unconditional, because I don't like the word unconditional, Joe. Right. And, and if, if, if you ask me whether friendship is, is conditional or unconditional, I would say it's conditional. I'm going to hedge and I'm going to say it's a little of both, which oh, doesn't we, make any sense at the start. But I think as we go through this, I, I'm going to try to make my case for that. And again, just to be clear, I don't think there's like mutual exclusivity between friendship and a romantic relationship. And in the best cases, they should overlap. Yes, for I agree with the that. Betterment of both. And it's, you know, it's not that friends can't have, you know, some of the interactions that are also the kind of interactions that lovers do have. Well, yeah, and that's that's been historical. I mean, there have been, you know, sort of, different periods of time in which there really wasn't, there weren't dividing lines. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go there and and ship uh, Alexander and Hephaestion, you know, but I mean, there's, there's been different relationships, you know, 
Right. And um, we're living in a space and a time right now where we're redefining it. Well, not just that, but like the ground that we're in here in 2018 is that that isn't really commonly accepted anymore in the place that we're in. I agree with you, but what I'm going to say is is that I think that as we you know, we move into this world, you know, we've already changed the kind of dynamic with the way that we deal with each other because of technology. I think, and culturally, there there is you know a shift. I think in the future, I think that that we may see some sort of I don't want to say resurgence, but also redefining of relationships because obviously you have a lot of relationships that don't work, both romantic and friendship wise. Yeah, so you know you may just... find we may redefine something that is more effective that you know maybe a blend of that. Right, and I think yeah, I, I can see some of that process some of that struggle going on now. I just feel like I'm not too encouraged at this particular moment because, you know, living here where we are, we're encountering at the same time and in some of the same areas, you know, on one hand, the concept, you know, recently termed the bromance. Oh, yeah. And on the other hand, you have guys that are bros with each other who have to insist frequently that their interactions are quote unquote, no homo. (laughs) And there's a pretty important tension there between these things. And it's unresolved, I think, in a lot of these social circles. And the fact that it's so tricky to navigate, you know, friendship is not easy in any form that it takes, but... Well, let's, I let's, think some of this is unnecessarily burdening it. Yeah, and let's let's get to the core here. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with friendship is not easy. real, real friendship. The friendship that I think you and I are talking about it is not easy. Now, I think let's just go to the basics of defining a friendship. We're talking mm-hmm. about friendship on a more than acquaintance level on a more than the guy you see to get your coffee with and wave to, or the guy that I see in the elevator. And we'll have a 30-second conversation with. What is it that sets those apart then? Depth and quality, I guess. And, and I guess that's just a matter of time, right? I mean, any relationship start, right? Okay. So you have to have quality time uh, is what I'm hearing there with, yeah. that, with that other person. It, I, I, think that, I think that you need some sort of time with that person. It may not necessarily be alone. I'll, I'll use us as an example. Like I... When we were younger, you know, we, we, a lot of us didn't hang out alone. I, I was alone with Joe few times comparatively to the fact that there were five, six other people, four or three, you know, some number of other people in the room at the same time. But that whole group, I still consider my friends. And, and some of them, I had even less time than with you, Joe. Sometimes like, some people just were only seen as part of the group, but I would still consider them my friends, wouldn't you? Yes, and I mean, just to be clear, both for our history and for the concept in general, it's not just that we were in the same room or that we needed to be. Most of the time, especially after we geographically separated, we were in the same chat room and maybe once or twice a year we would ever be in the same room. Well, and that's how technology has changed relationships. You can now have friendships that are much more durable over time with people that are far away. I have very, very, very good friendships. And it's one of the things that's the most valuable to me. 
I have friendships with people all over the world. And, you know, I spend time and invest in those friendships. And, you know, some of my closest friends are not in, you know, I mean, I have lots of friends in Miami, but, you know, I have very good friends in France, in Germany, you know, in Switzerland, you know. And, and some of them have even downloaded this podcast. That's right. I've seen that we can track that, guys. We're looking. Appreciate it. Some, some of those Moscow downloads are probably not bots. <laughs> I, look, I, I, maybe we can move this later on in the discussion, but I think I could be friends with a robot. All right. That's later in the discussion. So, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's the, maybe the next episode. Okay. But, well, yeah. I, I know that certainly some people are interested in being more than friends with robots as well. All right. Not, go, not this cast. Um, you brought it up first. You wanted to talk about parents and children and that was, that was an amorous encounters. Episode review of a Japanese animation. Not, not what we're talking about here. And, and Japan's weird. Let's just, it's weird. So I think the, the bromance no homo guys are more weird than <laughs> robot caretaking for children. So. <laughs> Now, is, is that a necessary quality? I mean, I, I, you know, I list the quality time, you know, is, mm. is having the, the bromance, the, the point at which All right, you have I, to I, get... I'm, gonna, I'm sorry I even mentioned that now. I don't know what that word really means. I think it means that you're close enough that you feel an emotional connection to the other person and you immediately, because of our cultural cues and how we've been raised, especially as men, to be non-emotional creatures, which I think is very uh, much... It's damaging. Dam it's damaging, and I think it's psychologically damaging, and I think it also cuts us off from something we need, which is connection. So as soon as we start to feel a connection with another person who's a guy in a way that we might, on some level, feel with a romantic partner who's a woman... And by the way, you know, this now, you know, this always has applied to same-gender couples. It obviously applies to any gender that you're attracted to. I'm just using it in a, you know, you're binary using what way. you're familiar with. Exactly. I'm using it in a binary way for simplicity, frankly, but it works. It works whichever way you, you have to, you have to invalidate that because that's how we've been brought up. And so again, just circle back around. I think that's the kind of thing that is unnecessary belaboring the idea of friendship and the execution of it, because it makes, it puts, a tint on that quality time that you're trying to spend in addition to the other things that make it challenging to build that kind of connection, to build that kind of relationship. And what, when you say what kind of relationship, what's your, I mean, is there an ideal here? Is there like a friendship ideal or some sort of standard? Or do you think that, you know, what that is for everybody is completely subjective? I mean, I have people I consider my friends that I enjoy in a certain context and they fulfill me in a certain part of my life, a certain part of my needs, a certain part of my connections. But then I have other friends that fulfill other roles in my life, you know? So it, it, is there a goal? Is there an objective criteria you can give there, Joe? I'm going to say that I don't know of one and that's partly just out of my ignorance. One, because I've only lived so long and only known so many people, which is true of anyone, but also because I don't know that the way that I've experienced friendship has been one that, you know, can encompass a wider range. I can imagine other ways that it could work. And certainly if I can imagine those, that there must be others even beyond that, that I can't really understand well yet, but I don't want to say from a place of ignorance that they are not 
qualify. And right. so I don't know that there is an ideal, but I think that, you know, when you're talking about filling different roles, what I'm hearing, what I think I'm hearing is that you're talking about spending time with those people under certain conditions in a positive, mutually enriching way. Right. And the more time, the more types of interactions and experiences you can share with someone to reach that mutual enrichment, I think the more comprehensive and valuable that friendship is. There are are definitely some people that I wouldn't do certain things with, but there are some people who I would say, "I, I would do anything with this person. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's what there, you hit on it right there, you know, positive and mutually enriching are very, very good criteria, you know, for what I look for in a friendship. I mean, and, and like you said, there, there are people that I can do a lot with. I can do a lot with you. We have a lot in common, Joe, you and I, so we can do a lot together. But there are other people that frankly don't share as many of my interests as we share. So, you know, I don't want to talk to them. I mean, we, it's not, we, we don't have a mutual interest in, let's say, talking about old, you know, Japanese anime or video games or RPGs the or something. The fact that you qualify it as old makes me feel old. We, we are old, about. sorry. But, you know, there's also, there are certain things I don't, I don't do with you. I mean, as everybody knows out there and who's dealt with me, I'm really big into Game of Thrones. And that's something that I've brought you into, Joe, and you've kind of come with me to conventions pending review of Ice and Fire Con in the future here, but, you know, it's something that I, mean, I the, share the with them. Where, you know, I had fun, but I treated it more as a writing retreat than I did as a convention. But, but, and that's but because it was still a good have, time. And that's because we have so much in common that we can flip over there and, and, and do things like that. You know, we just n- know each other well enough to be able to do that. But there are friends who I would never be able to bring to a remote location or convention like that and have them be comfortable and, you know, fit in and, you know, use it productively. But that, does, that doesn't mean they're not good friends. There might be friends, for example, that I hang out with in Orlando and have a good time going out and playing mini golf with or doing an escape room or going out. Weren't drinking. those actually all the people who you went to Ice and Fire Con with anyway? I've seen some of these photos and I recognize all oh. these folks. I, I, have, I haven't posted the dinosaur mini golf yet, but those are coming probably shortly. But yeah, no, I mean, there, there are people I can do a lot with, but I'm not saying what I want. I don't want to invalidate that. I don't want to say that there are true friends and they're, you know, secondary or create classes. It's, it's a difference. And I appreciate and feel a positive connection with both classes of people, you know, people who I can do more with so subjectively. It's a scale. People who I can do with more with, I care about those people as well as I care about the people that I can, can't do as much with, but still enjoy those experiences. Right. And, and you may not want to touch on this, but I'm going to say that I think to different degrees, we have both sort of made that mistake in the past of trying too hard to stratify, to classify, to rank order how we've interacted with people. I'll, yeah, no, and I'll touch on that too. I mean, I think that's part of, you know, trying to define relationships, right? I mean. Obviously, this comes up in a romantic context, you know, what are we, you know, but with friendship, it's a little more blurry, right? It it definitely is. And I wonder, it's the kind of thing where if you ask that question, are you already in a position where you're losing access, you're losing a grip on 
a thing that you thought you had, you know, if you call it out there, it's like, what are we, you know, what kind of friends are we really, does that already put everyone in this uncomfortable position where it, that it trust, that implicit quality of it that I think we rely upon is called into question. It reveals a lot about the person who's asking the question. I mean, if you have to ask the question, where are we, that, that innately shows that you are in a position where you're questioning where you are. And, you know, I think you get to a point where, you know, I, I mean, I'll use it, be real here, you know, with, with you and I, I don't have to ever question that, you know, where am I with Joe? Like, it's just, I know there's no, well, there's no I, question. Yeah, and I appreciate that very deeply. And I think it's important to maintain this kind of thing. But at the same time, I want to take you back to something that you had already said, you know, are there conditions? And this is where I think the conditionality of that kind of relationship is a source of questioning that cannot ever be fully eliminated, even though you want to say, and you feel earnest in saying, I don't need to ask, I know where I am, that nevertheless, just because of the way we experience other people and experience our lives, the source of that question remains. We can't ever be certain what another person is thinking, what they're doing, how they perceive ourselves. Absolutely. As as much as we have a back and forth and that that can be very telling, it's not, it can never be completely telling. And so there's always an element of uncertainty. Absolutely. And that's part of, you know, and that, that pervades everything. And once again, this goes to, you know, relationships and with children as well, romantic relationships and with children as well. You know, there's at some point. You oh, know, oh, oh, okay. Okay. You, you, you cut yourself short there. Re- romantic relationships and some children. punctuation and sh- with children. Oh, no, not... no, 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 man blow or whatever. The, you know, we're not, we're not down with that. Um, you know, just, Making it abundantly clear. Yes. No. Uh, you've had those points when you're a kid and you're, you're wondering why your parents don't know what you want, you know, and, and you have to learn to vocalize that just like in a relationship. A lot of times you're like, why aren't they giving me what I want from this relationship? Well, have Actually, you told them? Have you it's, told them? It's funny. You know, now I feel old again because I'll talk to some of my coworkers and I'll get the other side of that they as parents are talking to me about their interactions with their children and they don't know what their children want or they don't know how to express to their children what they want for them. Right. And so that's sort of the maturation of that relationship from like sort of codependent to something of more equal standing. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time to get from one place to the other, but I guess I can see it from both sides now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's going to be that's going to be something that's a constant human tension and i think that's something you know maybe in the future with robots and technology we can work on that and come closer to sync but you know that's another episode once again but well no but i think still you say that and yes maybe there are possibilities there but i think that conceptually in order to be separate individuals distinct subjects of unique experiences, we can't have a complete overlap. The thing that makes us our own person is that we are not also having the feelings, having the experiences of some other person. Mm -hmm. And so 
even though we're interacting with that other person, there's still an element of distinction there that is the source of that uncertainty, that anxiety. And in order to have friendship, you have to accept that somehow. Mm -hmm. And so I know where I stand with people that are my friends, but I also don't, can't ask and always feel better when there's some reassurance, when there's some gesture that renews that relationship. And, and, and so I, maybe, maybe that's a is condition. That, is that maybe part of it? Yeah. That, that's what I was getting. Is that part of, is that part of the kind of criteria is that like, you know, as part of our friendship, or at least as our friendship deepens, you can see signs that are reassuring that connection and that position that kind of soothe the, I don't want to call it anxiety, but it almost is. Um, you know, it's a form of anxiety because you, you aren't aware of what it is and are concerned about it. So, you know, I think that's something that, you know, deeper friendships, relationships, you know, do is express, no, we're still connected. We're still, you know, here's where we're at. We're good. And, and so talking about it that way, it makes it sound like there's kind of a time limit that if you don't have some common experience, if you don't interact, that you lose that sense of confidence between people. I mean, they both that, lose it at the same time. Absolutely. I think that that's the most common way that people lose friendships. I've actually, I read a couple studies on this and, you know, I mean, the main criteria is usually moving and, you know, you relocate to a different city, especially before the internet. You would move from, let's say, New York to sunny Miami, Florida, and you just don't see the people on a regular basis. And after a certain amount of time, if there's no contact, no letters, no calls, no travel, no transit, you lose that connection. And unless it's bridged or there's something done, you know, you, they fall out of the criteria for friendship. I mean, eventually you can't consider them as a person that's a friend. I have people I uh, consider that way that I, for example, um, studied with in my master's program that were my friends at the time, but because neither one of us has stayed in contact or really placed value in each other over the years, I would say that you know, we, we, don't, we don't meet that criteria any longer. That doesn't mean that mm. I'm not open to restoring that. It doesn't mean that I'm not open to having a different sort of relationship, you know, business relationship or some sort of other relationship with those people, but I just don't feel like they fall in that category anymore. I, I'm not willing to call them personally a friend. Hmm. I mean, outside the Facebook context, which is obviously a very loose and, network. And this is where, on one hand, you've talked about how different modes of communication have allowed us to bypass geographic distance in some ways. But at the same time, we've encountered a lot of that kind of terminological blurring. What is the meaning of different kinds of relationships that are called akin to friendship that really have other parties involved in it as well to talk about Facebook? You know, a place that we're putting this podcast and so I'm not going to be shy about naming it. Right. And we can't we can't trash it that much because we're using it here. <laughs> but it's something that, you know, the the part of the confidence is also being in confidence with someone, you know, that you can say something to someone else and that it stays between the two of you or it goes only as far as you want it to. And that's just not the case in some of these. Well, you mean, you mean because, are you talking about, you know, for example, 
send somebody on a message, a message on Facebook, you know, Facebook, you know, Facebook is looking at it and probably the FBI. Is, I mean, all know, kinds of people metadata. can be looking at it, but also, I mean, actually you can even make mistakes. I don't do this very often, but I think I broke a multi-year streak the other day. I was trying to send a message to you and I ended up sending it to someone else that's a friend of mine, completely out of context. And I try to guard myself against that, but I think it can happen to almost anyone. And, you know, there's no harm done, but at the same time, it's the kind of thing that, you know, in a, in a different mode of interaction, you wouldn't have a concern over, much less, you know, someone swiping the phone out of someone else's hands to read their messages read their archived messages. Heaven forbid somebody got into my hard drive and read Old through. school was, yeah, old school you know, was, you know, listen to your, bug your phone, listen to your conversation, you know, yeah. stand in the other room. I mean, heck, my, my mom is like spy number one on that. You know, she'll come <laughs> in and she'll go, oh, so you're doing something with Joe tonight, you know? It's like, yeah, mom. I, I, you know, when I was living in Miami with my mm-hmm. mother, to be clear, I lived by myself in Orlando. But... That, that is just the, the method of communication, but I don't think it changes the, the point we're pushing at here, which is there, you know, there is some sort of component. I, I, I think there is some sort of component of continued contact and, and you know, reassurance or some right. sort of continued positive influence, right? I mean, if you're not contributing positively, then, you know, that, and, and here's the other side of it too, which I think flips the conversation. It can become an, negative or a neutral influence on you as in an influence that you know really leaves you neither benefited nor detracted right an indifferent uh right influence or a negative one i i think that's part of where i was trying to go before with that that if you're if your interactions with another person aren't in complete confidence if they are publicly viewable to different degrees it can obscure what you're trying to express to that person, both as a byproduct of that mode of communication, but also because you craft your message a little differently, knowing that other people can be looking. If I post something, I mean, I'm going to say things on this podcast that are occasionally going to be outrageous, but they're not going to be the most outrageous things. Right. They're not going to be the things that I've, you know, told you in other circumstances. And that's because there is an audience. There's supposed to be an audience. And I have to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And if that were the only way we interacted, I think it would change the terms of who we were to each other exactly in the way that you're saying. That it may neutralize some of what, you know, we're trying to get across to each other. Right. So if we have a purely, I mean, we're talking about very practically, uh, and I, I am hating here, Joe, I always bring the, the dumbed down version. But if we had a purely Facebook relationship, that is, we did, I did not yeah, call like you. I'm, I'm posting pictures of my dinner to flash about where I can go to eat and all of this stuff. Well, no, not know, even I'm, that, Joe. Not but that, that is what lots of people do. I mean, they build a persona because it's in the public eye. I mean, everyone builds a persona depending oh, on the context. Joe, I do that too, but what I, I don't think that's building a relationship. For example, I don't think that me posting a photo of my dinner, which or my brunch is usually probably, if it's me, way more common, 
uh, that's not building a relationship with my Instagram followers. You know, that's sharing my life with them and inviting them to engage with me, to say something, to comment, to talk to me, to re-engage with me, you know, to find commonalities. But that is not enough of a relationship. I mean, now, if they go and direct message me, you know, after that, as has happened, you know, I can have very substantial conversations. I have a friend from Germany who I've seen probably over the last eight years. Um, I've seen her probably four times. But, you know, we, we will hop on and, and, you know, she'll see something I, I posted and we'll have a very deep conversation, you know. And that's very, very substantial to me because we, she took it private, you know, direct and engaged. But if I'm just talking to you, Joe, and all I'm doing is posting publicly on your Facebook page, and that's it, like you said, I'm tailoring that to an audience. I'm tailoring that to the fact that other people are seeing that. Even if I directly aim it at you, it's still not the same as if I am dealing privately with you, whether that's a Skype, whether it's a FaceTime or a call or face-to-face. So I guess where I'm trying to go with this is that maybe there's an element of necessary one-on-one unobserved interaction that is also a prerequisite to maintaining a high quality friendship is that you have to do things that other people are excluded from. I I would agree with that because otherwise you're a business connection. I mean, or a, a um, link, you know, I mean, LinkedIn, right. You know, I have so many people on my LinkedIn that I have. I, I, re- I really need to touch that up. I, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get hired by somewhere, but I'm not trying very hard right now. My employment circumstances probably need to change. Right. But my point is, is that there's certain technological links that we have with people through social media, especially where I will, I will never probably talk to the legal recruiter, you know, in a one-on-one personal conversation in my life. But does that mean that I don't want to keep them around as a link in case I, you know, did want to try to pirate myself to another firm? Of course, I'm going to keep them around as, as a link if they're just there and I can reach out to them. I just hope that as we continue to live through this kind of setting and build different components to it going forward for social media, that people don't lose sight of important distinctions in how they have experiences with each other. I agree with you. I think that we need to value that, that interaction, the one-on-one interaction, the face-to-face interaction. And, you know, I think that maybe one thing and Everyone's going to see me as getting out my cane and waving it and getting on the front porch. But, you know, I think that one problem with technology is, is that it's taken away face-to-face interactions or intimate interactions that give more substantial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of that kind of approach at all. No. I, 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 am, I am a fan of that approach. And I, I still believe that biologically they're an important quality for humans. I mean, it, I, just, I just believe that. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't value to be had, you know, with remote, you know, access with talking to each other. But I will say that some of the best memories and the points at which you come closest, even, even between you and I, Joe, have been in person. Yeah, but I can also name plenty of times where we've had excellent memories, not just with each other, but with other people as well, where we were never and we're never planning on being in the same place at the same time. You know, I, I think I probably mentioned this a little bit on some of the other casts, but, you know, when we met each other face to face in the very beginning, 
you know, we, we did all right, but it was really when we moved away from each other and spent time, you know, in online interaction that I think we reached, you know, a point where our friendship was headed towards what it is today, how it's really important to me today. I agree. And I'm not taking away the value or the fact that that is right. that and could so be I'm something gonna, that starts it. I mean, I mean, let's I'm be gonna, real. I'm, there, there's, 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 um, you know, I'm on, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I am now currently single and, you know, participate in a lot of dating apps, but it's interesting because some of them have switched to having friendship modes where you can actually switch into friendship mode and try to find friends. So am I going to take away the fact that you could like find a friend, you know, through an app online, through a forum and find that valuable? Absolutely not. That's how I met some of my, for example, my convention friends. Uh, you know, i got into that circle because I listened to a podcast and, you know, read forum posts and was like, Hey, these guys are cool. I want to meet them. And, you know, at dragon con, I just went up and spoke to them, but I'm not saying that I can't have a friendship with somebody who is a Facebook follower or a Twitter follower or, you know, any, any other online, you know, social media venue. However, I think that if we have a relationship, a friendship, that is both, you know, in person and online that just makes it stronger. That just gives the potential for quality time and meaningful, positive interactions, which is hard to duplicate. Uh, you know, if we're able to share a beer and share stories, that's just so it's, much, so much. We can do that over Skype. We can do that yeah. over FaceTime. But I think there's a possibility for adventure together in person that is hard to duplicate. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. That's that. That's one of my sort of contemplative trigger words. There, Ad- adventure is a concept that I enjoy thinking about, and maybe you're right about that. But I just I do want to continue to push back and say that you know the idea of in-person time might be valuable for us and for people who lived prior to us. But I think that the terms of it could change in the future when people are raised under different conditions with different norms. And, you know, we've been fortunate in some ways, you know, when we've moved away from each other geographically, we've still had the resources to be able to bridge those distances to make those travels and to continue interacting with people that we want to voluntarily because of what we have in common with them versus being stuck in a town, in a village. You know, I'm a peasant. My only friends are peasants, but I don't want to call them friends because they just happen to be stuck in the same village with me right? or the same high school with me or whatever. We haven't been circumscribed in that way. And in the future, if telecommunications allows for people to be more voluntary about their friendships when they can't travel, when they don't have those resources, when those options just aren't available, I think that you could still have people who reach that fulfillment without needing to reach out to that need to to travel. Right. And, and I, I'm not knocking that because I think I, we see where this is going right now, right? Because you have stuff that, you know, when I travel or whatever, I'll photos, right? I'll post it. 
you know, I'll take Snapchat videos, Instagram has stories, it's part of it, it's towards that direction. It's saying, hey, look, I'm here, participate in this moment with me, share this moment, connect in this moment with me. And, you know, as technology advances, we may be able to actually experience the feelings, the smells, the, the overall experience of being somewhere. So that, you know, when, you know, somebody goes skydiving, you can feel as if you're jumping out of the plane with them. Technology may get there or may, may be there in the future, even in the near future. And I'm not saying that wouldn't be very valuable and help us connect and help draw us closer and improve humanity and friendships, really. But at the moment, I still think there's there's part of that that is just stronger, more efficient in person. And I think that we're going to allow for the diversification of friendships, like you said, you know, with people all over the world, people in different places, maybe in the future, people on different planets. But... Uh. Right now, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you know, not getting into your your love of Elon Musk right now, but you know, I'm glad that your mic actually cut out before you got to say his last name. Oh, did it? That means, yeah, no, but it's good. It means that his his podcast listening robots aren't going to find out that I hate him and and assassinate you. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna launch into a tirade mocking his inability to do things. So I feel pretty safe. I'll just leave it at that. But you get where I'm going with this. I'm not, I'm not saying that in the future, there's not technology that'll be developed. That'll get us closer. But I think right now, 2018, what we have, there's still a huge value in face-to-face. That's all I'm saying. And, and, you know, for the relationships I value, if I value a relationship, I will go and seek them out face-to-face and initiate face-to-face conversation because Mm -hmm. that's, so to me, still the ultimate. If I am wanting to, you know, be with somebody, connect with somebody on a deep, on the deepest level possible, I will seek them out in person because that is that is going to get us to that place. And and I, with all my relationships that are important to me, I like to plan when I'm going to see them face to face. You know, that's why I travel too. And and a lot of the times, I catch myself going back to the same places and seeing the same people because I want to connect with them. I I love adventure. I love seeing new things, but connection matters to me. And so one thing I do want to make clear about what I'm saying is that I do not think that different modes of interaction, use of telecommunications, use of travel technologies or substitutes for them makes it any easier to maintain a friendship. It doesn't save time. It doesn't save effort. It doesn't save the need to express yourself emotionally in a clear way. You know, just because I can text you from anywhere on the planet and have it reach you pretty much instantaneously doesn't mean that if that's the only way I'm interacting with you that I need to or can afford to spend less time doing that or be casual and careless in doing that. Okay, yeah. So you're talking about intentionalness and... Hmm. You know, I mean, I will say part of making quality time quality time is putting quality into it, putting effort into it. Otherwise, if it's just a one-off or just something you don't put as much attention into, you feel that, you understand that, and you don't gain as much from it. If somebody sends me a crappy text message that doesn't, you know, say much about, you know, what they are feeling, what they're experiencing, where they're at, you know, then my value of that is much less than if somebody says, hey, I've saw this thing and it really reminded me of you whether that's you know 
hey, I you know just saw, uh, I don't know, a really tall person. I, I don't know. They, they try to connect <laughs> with me on some level. Is that just? I mean, is that going to be you know, like your side Instagram account is just photos of tall people that remind me of me? Yeah. People are going to submit that to you from all over the planet. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> I can live with that. Look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force something here also since we had just a small gap. I'm going to you know, wedge this into it. I warned you in advance that I was going to do this and that you weren't oh, going to no. like it. But I think it's really important to talk about anyway. You know, we've talked about building friendships, maintaining friendships, but something that we've both gone through separately and together is losing that. Yes, termination of friendships. Well, not, well, yeah, I guess in some cases it it has been explicitly like that, but it's, I don't know that most of the time it's like that. I mean, I've made conscious decisions and I've told people things directly to that effect. I, and I know that's not your intent. Well, your intent is, you know, by losing, it can be a passive or an active loss. Well, for example, I just explained earlier in this cast about, you know, my friends from uh, North Carolina who I studied with, you know, mm-hmm. I would consider that more passive. And, and also to the extent where there was not in, you know, a conversation where we had to break up. It's not like a romantic relationship where typically there's a conversation hey, we want to end this relationship. Okay, you know, you have a a formal conversation. But there's one reason why that's so hard, because sometimes it's something that, you know, you value to a certain degree, but don't want to cut off entirely, you know, Mm. or something that's fading. And it's okay to fade, but it's different, you know, if you have to sever that tie. That's a different active action. And, And like you, I've taken that hey, we're not talking anymore, we're not friends route. I've said that probably four times in my life that I remember and that are very impactful on me and, and were meaningful. Other than that, it's been pretty passive. It's been just, we don't spend time with each other. We haven't talked. You don't know much about me anymore. It's hard to consider you my friend. It's one of the hardest things, you know, and for me, I, I'm, a, I'm a sentimental guy. You know, it's hard for me to let go as hell. It's hard for me to sometimes to leave hotel rooms because I've gotten attached to that experience, to that place, to that uh, Dragon Con, man. Even Dragon Con, you see me at the end. I linger up back. That's, that's the look, you know. The same with friendships, you know. You kind of look back on it, and you're like, oh, man, we had these memories. We did these things together. You know, we had this connection at a time. And then, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say, okay, I value this. I cherish this. But right now, for me, that connection is not positive. It's not valuable at this at this point in time presently and you know as creatures of limited resources the most limited being time you know we are born we grow up and then we die you know we have to invest our time in ourselves and others in friendship in labor we have to do all these things and i'm not sure that's the direction you were going joe but well it's it's i mean just listening to you talk i guess you know took me down memory lane thinking about actual times when I have cut those ties as well. It's not something that I like to dwell on, but I think, you know, for the reasons you just highlighted, it's very important to be clear with yourself and with people around you about, you know, what's important to you and what's not. I mean, something that you said in particular, you don't know that much about me anymore. You know, if people end up going on 
different tracks geographically, experientially, intellectually, it can create a divide that they may not acknowledge if there are other things that continue to hold them together, memories, mutual friends, feelings of nostalgia can substitute for feelings of genuine affection, I guess. Yes, and, and that that's something that I think is the, is a trickier area, and I think it's one of the things we were talking about it, you know, and, and it's dangerous. And, and I think that, you know, you hear the lament in my voice, and, and I think neither one of us likes talking about this because it's difficult, because it's hard. But there's a point at which you let nostalgia overpower the expectations of the relationship, your, you know, for example, for, you know, expectation of positive growth, of movement, of satisfaction of what I want from that relationship and mutually what we can do together in that relationship. You know, there's relationships that I've had that have turned very toxic and we've held together for nostalgia. I mean, and, I, and this is very personal. Joe and I have both had the same experience. Well, yeah, because um, I mean, when you're saying some of these things, you're talking about mutual friends that we have had. Yes. And I think that helps this conversation. It's not limited to that conversation. I have had personal friends who you, Joe, you never met, that it's been the right. same situation where I remember times we had fun together, times we went on trips, times mm -hmm. we played games together, times that we were playing freaking Werewolf the Masquerade and, and uh, Vampire. Well, all right. And here's the, I mean, here's the, uh, the really awkward moment. I'm sorry, it's Vampire Masquerade and Werewolf, two different. Uh, right. The really awkward moment, though, is that you, and, and this happens to lots of people, but you've had some of these friends who were not mutual friends with me, who, in fact, I didn't like. Yes. And made no secret of that. And lots of people are in this situation where they have friends that they can't necessarily share with other people around them. And it's, it makes it challenging because... And I don't think this is correct, but I think that people nevertheless introduce notions of what they deserve in terms of time, in terms of loyalty, in terms of emotional expression. Uh, to be clear, I don't think there is an element of what is owed or what is deserved in the voluntariness of friendship. I think there is some responsibility when you make a commitment that way, but it's not absolute. People can go different ways, but nevertheless, it puts like in this case particular, it put you probably in an awkward position because, you know, you had two friends that were separate. They were enemies with each other. Right. And I think in that, in that circumstance, and this is a very tough circumstance. I'm sure lots of people, listeners can identify with it, you know, where, once again, we talked about, you know, different friend circles, you know, where sometimes they don't get along. That doesn't mean that I could not get something positive and constructive out of both people separately. But there's some combinations of people, frankly, that, you know, when they're put together, just like mixing chemicals or whatnot, there can be explosions. <laughs> and, you know, I still maintain there, there's still certain people that that's sort of the case. I've just become better at you know, identifying those situations and um, dealing with the people individually. And, and you don't think that there is, that by doing that, you're losing something in your connection to each of the people? No, I don't think that I need to have a single circle, a single 
totally merged essentially a friend group just like you know and i think it's unhealthy to think that way just like for example with a, i keep going back to romantic partner but it's a good parallel you know with a romantic partner you know the desire to like merge with a partner is not healthy either i mean you should have you know independent interests and you know things you're doing on your own i think it's okay to have friends who have interests that diverge and and that's part of celebrating what friendship is is that despite being different despite having the things that each other likes to do, we can still come together. For example, Joe, you know, you play Overwatch. You know, I will probably never play Overwatch in my life, but that doesn't mean that we don't have 95% of other things in common. Well, it's your loss. <laughs> exactly. You I, know, actually, and that's no, how, it's my loss. Okay, so we're, we're about wrapped up here. Do you want to go into, Joe, do you want to go into maybe some final thoughts on the topic? some overall thoughts on, you know, friendship and, and where that's brought us and kind of. I think that, you know, we've, we've spent some time today and we sound like, you know, we, we feel pretty sure about these things. And I, I think a lot of that comes from going through experiences, positive ones, negative ones. We've learned a lot along the way, but I don't want to fool myself into thinking that I know how it's supposed to work or that. I can follow the same, you know, sort of rules of engagement going forward. I mean, if anything, the path that, you know, I can at least say for myself that I've been on has been a challenging one for this. I've, I've been lucky. I've been really lucky. But that's not a method, I guess, to enriching one's life and having good experiences with other people. And I don't know if friendship is the kind of thing that one should try to apply a method to or try to expand. You know, I mean, there has to be, like you said, there are limited resources. I don't know if in, in many cases it's a good idea to try to actively expand that if, if I, the I, conditions aren't right, if the relationship, if the other person isn't right for you. I mean, it shouldn't be forced. It shouldn't be something that you hunt for. You're, you're bringing this back to sounding like romantic relationships here, you know? <laughs> it, it's, and I agree with a lot of that. And, and I just want to say that, you know, by no means do I consider myself, and I'm sure you feel the same way, a friendship expert. You know, I haven't done decades and decades of studies on this, you know, but I will say, to all, not in contrary, but just to kind of add some color, is that there are techniques, there are things you can do to bring yourself closer to people. and you know, there's some intention if you put it out there where you can make your friendships intentional and therefore strengthen those friendships and build those friendships. And there are methods of communicating with your friends. Like we've talked about today, communication, period. That is a way to strengthen your friendships, you know, spending quality time, a way to strengthen your friendships. Right. You know, and, and, and being, you know, you know, open, honest, you know, transparent. I mean, these are all qualities which lead us towards the path of building stronger friendships. But right. But e each time you say something like this, you know, a thought crops up into my head about you said transparent, for instance, this is something I'd actually flagged. Do you have to be fully transparent all the time? I know that anyone is. No, no, I don't think you have to be 100% transparent. It, I mean, but a lot is of it, it is better than no, if you, you know, are or not. I think moving towards a state where you can be if you need to be. 
that I think that's that that's if if you need to do it or for the situation calls for it, it's appropriate. You can be transparent. We can have the conversation. That I think that to me, and I'll say this: my views on friendship have changed a lot. They've changed a lot over the last year. They've changed a lot over the last six months, three months. You know, and I really? think about this topic a lot. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I will say I think I'm. I'm a person who's really open to growth, to change, to learning, to developing, to becoming a better human being, to building my friendships, my relationships, you know, my life into a better, stronger, just, just overall being. And, you know, I may change my definition and I may reflect back on this stuff even a month after this podcast, two months after this podcast. And while I don't imagine I'll do a title shift, I think I might add some more detail to what I think about friendship. So I, I don't want to tie myself in here where people might listen to this and think that, you know, I'm dead set on something. I'm captain of making declaratory statements that I don't really mean. Yes, that's true. And (laughs) historically, and that's, again, that's a thing that I wonder that it hasn't put a strain on your relationships sometimes, but I did. It has. has And and that's, and that's the thing that is, all my relationships. I'm, I'll, I'm not I'll trying that. to put you on the spot. Either no, no. I the question before. I, I mean, I think there are a lot of other questions that just as we continue to talk about this, raise themselves. A purpose, a common purpose. Is that a necessary ingredient? Is that a good thing to include? Are there incompatibilities? I, I think we could go on in different directions to keep exploring this. Absolutely. And I think that this is probably a topic we'll come back to, honestly. I feel like we've talked about this for an hour now, roughly, but we could probably go on, and Joe and I have been known to go on for, for hours about stuff like this. So I think we'll probably you know, have some rumination and, and come back to this topic and get into a little bit more nuance in the future. Hopefully, you know, everybody who's out there appreciated this, this, this episode. It's, it's much different, I think, than a lot of the other episodes we've done, and you know, we'd love to hear comments, thoughts, and get some feedback. Yeah, I mean, more than anything else, this is the one that I think will only get better the more we reach out to other people and have other people reach out to us. That's the whole point. That's friendship, right? That's what we're trying for. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you listening to this uh, weekly topic on friendship. Uh, Once again, this is a Stats Check podcast with Andrew and Joe, and we'll see you next week.